Adam, baby. All right, get ready for your scene, darling. This is, uh, so the idea is Skeletor just dropped a tree on your mini battle tank. It's crushed, and he's, he's challenging you to a fight, all right? I think I've got it. Um, what's my motivation? You're the strongest man in the universe. All right, great. All right, and action. Skeletor, don't you know those things don't grow on trees? Cut. What, he, was that Was that not good? He, man, I know we wanted to let you, you ad-lib some of that um, as part of your contract in exchange for doing those uh, PSAs at the end, but you think you could actually make a real pun or, like, something better than that? I don't know what you mean. Nothing. Just let's let's try it again. All right. Uh, action. They always say the grass is greener, Skeletor. Cut. That was something related to trees. Adam, you're killing me. Can't you say something something threatening? Like I'm gonna take you down or something. You know, something like that. Something good. Oh, I I know exactly what you mean. All right. All right. Action. Looks like the apple doesn't fall far from the tree, Skeletor. Cut. What's Cut. going on? What? I thought I really nailed Ugh. that one. Just it, at least can you look at the camera when you say it? And the masters of the universe! I am Adam, Prince of Eternia, defender of the secrets of Castle Greyskull. This is Cringer, my fearless friend. Fabulous secret powers were revealed to me the day I held aloft my magic sword and said, By the power of Greyskull! Granger became the mighty battle cat, and I became He-Man. The most powerful man in the universe. Only three others share this secret. Our friends, the Sorceress, Man of Arms, and Orko. Together we defend Castle Greyskull from the evil forces of Skeletor. Hey everybody, welcome back to the Carton Cast. This is Ben and Zane. Or my name is Ben, and my name is Zane. Okay, that's that's the syntactically correct response. And you are listening to the Carton Cast, in which old cartoons are reviewed by me, whose name is Ben, and me, whose name is Zane. Mm-hmm. But we are the Carton Cast. Uh, fabulous secret powers were revealed to us the day we held aloft our magic microphones and said, "By the power of podcasts." Ew. <laughs> Um, and <laughs> I was we hoping, are I was hoping to- that you'd say something about fabulous. Today we are looking at the fabulous He-Man and the Masters of the Universe. Yeah. And we're we're having a gay old time talking about He-Man. Yeah. Um <laughs> his wonderful, you know, pink skin tight clothing. Yeah, just just sweating everywhere. <laughs> just sweating inside of like a steel mill, <laughs> dancing like crazy. <laughs> um yeah, that that is going to be a lot of what we're talking about with He-Man and Master of the Universe. Because in addition to having a large cult following, um, mm-hmm. it is extremely campy because it's from like the mid '80s. Which Zane, why don't you tell us about He-Man and Masters of the Universe? So, He-Man and Ma- we're just going to call it He-Man. 
Okay, that's uh, fine. I'm going to say He-Man and the Masters of the Universe every single time. <laughs> Damn it. <laughs> uh, it was made by Filmation Studios and Mattel, the, the, the toy company, and mm-hmm. ran from 1983 to 85. It was directed by Gwen Wetzler, who directed uh, Fat Albert, Transformers, and uh, Tiny Toon Adventures, among others. And Mm -hmm. um, Hal Sutherland, who directed a bunch of classic superhero shows in the 60s and 70s. So, uh, to all our listeners, I don't know any of these facts so far because I barely researched this show. I had a pretty busy weekend, so most of the facts are going to come from Zane. And most of the stereotypical homophobic jokes are going to come from me. Not not that I'm homophobic, but in the style of this show. Sure. (laughs) Which which you will see. You'll you'll see what I mean. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> but, uh, yeah, what what other production sort of stuff have they done aside from those? Well, I was surprised to find out that the show was actually based on the toy line rather than the other way around. Yeah, yeah, which I, I don't know what to think about that exactly. Well, and this is pretty successful, like, much more successful than King Arthur and the Knights of Justice as, like, a toy tie-in. Yeah, and we thought that was campy, and this is predating that by, like, ten years, so. We, we didn't think that was campy. We thought that was making fun of itself. Well, <laughs> well, we wanted it to be making fun of itself, which I guess it did, but not intentionally. Yeah, this one also has a certain lack of self-awareness that is endearing today, I guess is the yeah. word. It's pretty cute to watch. Um, it's like watching a toddler try to walk. Yeah. I don't know. Or, I, I or write an animated it. series. Yeah, toddler the animated series. Um, uh, but one of Mattel's lead designers, uh, Roger Sweet designed he-man to be as generic as possible wait did he really yeah he designed it that way he said like i wanted an action figure that could be put into any sort of situation and was easily marketed so that kids could just be like oh i'll just get this and i can like play around with my other toys no matter what they are now Um, kids in the 80s i take it were pretty into blonde bowl cuts well originally he was supposed to be um brown haired and a bit less nordic (laughs) <laughs> but um, they, they souped that up because they wanted to differentiate him from other barbarians of the time, like uh, Thundar. I come from and, Eternia. Uh, Conan. Yeah. But um, he is different from them. But like <laughs> designing it to be generic is probably one of the reasons why the characters have very uninspired generic names, like uh, Man at Arms. I love that one. That's a main character. I am my I am my job. <laughs> he sure is. It's sort of a Samurai Jack thing where these guys are just paintings on a wall and their function, their names are only so important as their function. Except Samurai Jack didn't get wrist lasers. No. <laughs> <laughs> wrist lasers that shot fire. Strike one, Jack. Yeah. <laughs> um, it's also, what I do think, you got that He-Man done? I, I also think that um, making it generic as possible is one of the reasons why Eternia, the setting in which the show takes place, seems to have both um, science fiction and fantasy elements. Yeah, you could pretty much staple this to either side of Big O and it would work out okay, <laughs> you know? Um, why, why, was this, why do you think this show was so popular? Well, um, there's a few reasons. The nostalgia factor... a lot factor, of internet love on this. The, the nostalgia factor is, the only, is quite high. Um, the, the only real research I did into this was like, it was like weird like internet sub... <laughs> subgroups in which just he-man and the he-man continuity is raised to like the uh, uh the status of greek gods <laughs> it's really awesome but I'll, I'll get to it when we get later down the episode um, but the show became a hit because it well first off it was automatically connected to a line of toys 
Mm-hmm. Uh, and so I figure a lot of the people that really like it today are thinking back to like, oh, yeah, I remember when I played with my He-Man action figure and, you know, other action figures. Um, I, uh, I heard that Roger Sweet, when designing these action figures, um, apparently the company had just missed out on designing the Star Wars action figures. Oh, man. <laughs> yeah, so, like... You can really see Roger Sweet being, like, uh, about to get laid off if he doesn't come up with the next hit idea or something and just scrambling and just being like, I don't know what I have to make any of these look like. And then, <laughs> you know, a voice from the clouds parted, like, if you make bowl cuts, they will they will buy or something like that. Ben, know? I got to ask you a serious question. No, you don't, but L- go ahead. Lightsabers or wrist lasers? Um, As, like, a heavy metal power ballad yeah pretty good name <laughs> both, I, both good. <laughs> I guess so um but another reason is um in exchange for this sort of blatant direct advertising which was kind of seen as crass even then mm-hmm. um <laughs> really yeah actually I they could get away with it back then they they just expected the they made the show always end with a moral even if it was incredibly forced zane how do you feel about the morals in general sometimes they would completely contradict the point of the story I loved every single one of them. <laughs> like, That's my vi- favorite part of any episode. Violence doesn't solve your problems after like a battle. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, yeah. Where it it's absolutely really did. Great. Um, speaking of, this was also one of the first shows to actually have violence. I mean, even if it seems oh. extremely tame by today's standards, they actually and had slow like, motion-y. wrestling and punch. Yeah, like slow motion, like original series Star Trek level of slow action. Yeah, I, th- I would say about half of the time... When He-Man is using his strength, he's using it to, like, spin a Bowser into a mine or something, rather than actually punching something. Yeah. And he, to my knowledge, never uses his sword. It's, yeah. <laughs> Good it's point. Sort of just, it's sort of like the Green Lantern, I guess. It's just where he gets his power. He doesn't actually use the lantern. Green it's Lantern. Sort of just a oh, no. Green Lantern uses his rings. That's what, that's what you mean. Yeah, come on, no, I think You know Green Lantern way better than I do. I think it's more like the Power Rangers and their coins. <laughs> I'm sorry, they're what's? They're Power Coins. They don't have... That's not a thing, right? Remember they had to give them to Goldar? <laughs> yeah. That. And then their candles started burning down? Oh, I boy. Because <laughs> I guess uh, the Power Rangers work on the same lifetime rules as, like, Hercules and all the mortals that get their, like, uh, life strings spun by the those spinster sisters. Do you want to watch Power Rangers again? Do you want to watch Hercules the Animated Movie again? Hell yes. <laughs> do you want to do that and play with Power Ranger figurines at the same time? Ben, you are just, you're reading my mind. <laughs> anyway, with regards to this show in general, first of all, I didn't get a lot of sleep last night, so I'm going to be a little bit slow. Not Second of all, I think it's important to point out while we're going through this that there will be a large temptation to criticize it for being subpar in a lot of respects like right. generic music generic action generic plot etc and it's not fair because it is from 30 years ago i think it's important that we we make the distinction to judge it in its own weight class mm-hmm. you know we, we have to judge what is good and or bad about it on its own terms which is going to be hard to do yeah i don't have a ton of experience with um you know shows from this vintage me neither um but maybe um was captain planet around this time it looked as though it was even uh, if it wasn't you know captain planet inspector gadget some scooby oh shows my God. that i'm writing that one down <laughs> about inspector gadget 
Um, so, yeah, so, it, you know, it's definitely a product of the time, and I think relative to other shows around the same time, it does it does shine through in some ways, but also completely fails in others. Mm-hmm. And we'll get yeah. into that. Yeah, it wasn't an age of the people. It was a sign of the time. <laughs> so, <laughs> anyway, um, let's talk about the plot structure of the show, which is... And this is the one. This is the part where I have nothing written down because <laughs> I'm going to tell you exactly what the plot is. Okay? Please do. I was grasping for one. Um, the plot is generally um, it's it, it's surprisingly varied. Like they kind of just pick some random. They t- just take a fistful of like fantasticos, you know, mm-hmm. and just make a plot from whatever they happen to grab, like. A songstress puts a demon away for centuries, or a different dimension uh, links our world to our sorcerer's world, and they always tie back to Skeletor, right. but not too strongly most of the time, and he very rarely actually shows up. Mm-hmm. So the plot is essentially they do whatever they feel like doing in fantasy world, <laughs> and it fucks up Skeletor's plans. Yeah. <laughs> um. That's the whole plot, but that's not the most interesting part of talking about the plot. The most interesting part is that they don't shy away from telling you the whole plot during the episode in each part of the episode. <laughs> they, they state everything that they're doing. We need to get verbatim. the power jewel away from Skeletor. We're getting the power jewel away from Skeletor. I'm glad we got the power jewel away from Skeletor. <laughs> that's not even an exaggeration. <laughs> It states everything that it's doing through its characters, which makes the characters super bland. <laughs> but I, I, again, in that sort of watching a toddler walk sort of way, it's like it's like reading Axe Cop, I guess. Yeah, you know, like there's not really any there's not really any finesse to the storytelling and dialogue, <laughs> which in and of itself is a weakness. But I enjoyed the weakness, so I'm yeah. kind of counted as a strength. <laughs> That's is, generous. Does that make sense? <laughs> I guess. <laughs> You're allowed to. Also, the entirety, like, from the other perspective, almost all of the dialogue is just plot. They're married to the job. They're all about, you know, what's happening. There's not a lot of character interactions, which, again, I think you get to project whatever you want. They were going for this generic appeal. That's true. That's a good point. I didn't think of that synergy. And I, I, guess... I, I think it was a good choice because most of the characters that do have better defined personalities are really annoying. Mm-hmm. Like Cringer. Um, yeah, Cringer's pretty rough. I will say, though, I love the theme song except for him. Yeah. Because it just straight up tells you the entire plot of the series <laughs> every time. Like, I'm Prince in Adam. In case you forgot what He-Man was. There you go. My name is Prince Adam. You may remember me from such (laughs) battles as Fighting Skeletor. Fighting Skeletor 2. Or the much more popular Skeletor and the Balance of Fighting. (laughs) Um, Yeah. (laughs) But I love that it just straight up tells you the whole plot every time. It's like, it's It made it very easy to jump in. pandering. (laughs) Yeah. It's almost like a placating you like you're too stupid to remember the plot of he-man and master of the universe is that he-man has the power so we're gonna tell you every time um um the uh the theme song does involve you know him stating that in a re- really weird sort of way that his identity as he-man is a secret which is odd because it's not 
<laughs> it's not to his closest friends, um, which let's talk <laughs> about the characters. Yeah. Um, I, I was not aware that He-Man had a team. <laughs> <laughs> this was surprising to me as well. Um, I didn't know about Cringer at all. I had seen Man-at-Arms and the Sorceress in, um, you know, some fan videos where they parody stuff. But, <laughs> yep. like, when you think of He-Man, it is... You know, it's like a King Arthur, and then it's He-Man and the Masters of the Universe, which is okay. An odd title, also, by the way. I I need to ask this before we get any farther. Whom are the Masters <laughs> of the Universe? I'm going to assume Skeletor. I guess so. He fits the role. I think you know, just like the intro had the word fabulous, like the word master has kind of a stronger S&M. connotation than they were intending. An S and M vibe. <laughs> sure. <laughs> That's, I mean, they are kind of wearing bondage gear, both He-Man and Skeletor. Right. Like those leather straps. And then the insignias, which are a quarter turn away from each other. Oh, I didn't notice that. Yeah, which hints hmm. at a subplot, which is not there, so I'm going to drop it. However. <laughs> just dangle these threads. Just dangling, like, He-Man and Skeletor's good time S&M dungeon. <laughs> okay. Back to Team He-Man, which I was not aware was a team. Mm-hmm. Um, I think I like that this is a team instead of just He-Man. Mm-hmm. Like it, it again helps with the whole cooperation PSA side of it. Although He-Man's always in the show, I find that he's very rarely the focus. Well, there's not really a lot he can do to move plot along. Like, uh, I mean, he's, he's just kind of there to be a good guy yeah. and muscle when you need him. He doesn't have much in the way of characterization. And yeah. he's like he's and he he's got know your any back. Of the magic shit. It's he man. <laughs> he doesn't know any of the magic shit that's going on either, or really like, the technology. He's just there. He's just the bruiser. He's the bouncer, and they made the ma- the bouncer the main character. Right? How weird is that to have a plot that's entirely fantastic sci-fi elements, and all of the subplots revolve around fantastic sci-fi elements, <laughs> our main ca- character has nothing to do with any of it. <laughs> Walk around, swing a sword, punch a dude. Except not really. Yeah. yeah. Right. <laughs> I mean, Flipping crocodiles, it, just, just suplexing crocodiles for days. <laughs> Did you ever see that video for of Batman? Uh... Of old-time Batman just suplexing crocodiles? That's pretty amazing. And then, like, a headlines appears on the screen, like, a newspaper spins into focus, and it's just, like, Batman saved the day. It's, like, a three-second clip. He just super... He suplexes a crocodile, and Batman saved the day. Just on repeat. <laughs> really not sure how to feel about that. It's really good. You should feel really good about it. <laughs> Take um, off your pants and meet me in the dungeon. <laughs> um, so... <laughs> Let's talk about He-Man specifically, though, because although I like the team dynamic, and I like the fact that he's so unrelated to the plot, he's so he gung-ho. does have the strongest characterization. Right. So He-Man is voiced by John Irwin, mm-hmm. and uh, his only other major role that I found was as Morris the Cat, who was a live-action cat in um, like TV advertisements for Nine Lives brand cat food. All right. So, on. so I like watched that ad, and I could hear the similarities in the voices. But that is like the most random connection to He Man. Who was the guy who played him in the movie? Dolph Lundgren. Really? Yeah, Drago. Oh, nice. <laughs> Drago just walks up, 
screams I have the power and raises his boxing gloves to the heavens. I didn't see that. Yeah, there was a movie. Um, they tried to make Please another. Speak. They readapted the cartoon in like 2002, and there were other less successful spinoffs. But I didn't see anything. Mm-hmm. I didn't actually look at the movie. Yeah, and I think. Well, I, I don't really know how the movie is, so let's not talk about it. But let's talk about He Man some more personally. So He Man. So it's Prince Adam. In his, you know, secret identity. Yeah. And then he raises he, his he sword. He runs into a medieval phone booth. <laughs> he raises his sword and says, by the power of gray skull. And I should point out, why are they living in a gigantic, evil-looking skull? Is, I don't know, because it's sweet. <laughs> I got the sense that, like, that's somewhere Skeletor should live. It? Like, that's like where a s- Mighty Max mansion? Yeah, or like Wily's castle. But, like, that's where Skeletor should live. I feel like they, like, forced him out of his house and he's just trying to get it back. It's not Black Skull. It's Gray Skull. He's on the lines of morality, except that he's really just White Skull, but whatever. Um, We're not worried about it. I, like you said, the, the whole, like, secret identity costume thing, like Superman. <laughs> but the problem is he's, like, wearing less in his superhero <laughs> garb. <laughs> Like imagine yeah. if imagine Wouldn't if that be su- sweet if yeah like if Clark Kent like instead of changing <laughs> his Superman just took off and ran shirt. around naked <laughs> and no one recognized him because they were all covering his eyes <laughs> from his like Kryptonian chode. <laughs> You're like, oh, it's too gross. It's always cold on Earth. <laughs> yeah, that's what gives him the superpowers. <laughs> Tortured differential. Um, He's super sexually frustrated. Ew. (laughs) Sorry. That's one of his 80 powers, right? (laughs) I think so. Wait, (laughs) He-Man also got, like, extra powers for no reason sometime. (laughs) Did he? Like, one time he just, like, was blowing the air real hard and made a mini tornado. (laughs) I don't remember that. (laughs) It was a weird episode. (laughs) Yes, sounds like it. He-Man's kind of like a pre-crisis Superman. (laughs) I find He-Man very interesting in his personality because he's a good guy. But he's just not. He's just on this side of being re- a really arrogant asshole. Mm-hmm. Like, look at his face in any given scene. It's like this. It's this awesome shit eating grin. Where it's just <laughs> like I'm way better than everyone. He um, like he spends a lot of time looking around stoically, or yeah. like down at other people. Yeah, it's like oh petty petty mortals trying to solve problems through your technology or wizardry. Yeah, just, <laughs> just punch it, you fools. Yeah, I feel like sometimes he's on like a video phone in a news channel where like it, someone will ask him a question and he'll pause for a minute and just look at the camera and then answer in like a Shatner like way. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> he's very funny to watch, even though he's not trying to be funny. But his character, just the perpetually, just a little bit. <laughs> it's. It's just this side of confident and just this side of not being arrogant. Like, it's right on the line. Where confidence turns into arrogance, that's He-Man with his, with his shit-eating grin. I really, I really like. I like how um, sometimes, like, they just do an extreme close-up on his face. He'll, like, be facing us, like, dead on, and half of he his face like will Sonic be off-screen. about to, like, yeah. raise his finger and do the finger-wagging well, thing. Well, he, he, like, looks slightly away. Like, he just said a one-liner and took off his shades. Okay, it's so I want to really talk good. about his one-liners, if you don't mind. <laughs> They're so good. <laughs> yeah, this is the best part of He-Man. I love his dumb one-liners because he like is trying to be this like comic action hero where he says puns, but none of his puns are actually puns. They just kind of sound like puns. <laughs> like, 
uh, Skeletor will say, like, ready to serve the new ruler of Eternia, He-Man, and He-Man will say, you'll be ruling a dungeon cell when I'm through with you, villain. It's like, not quite a pun. <laughs> so close, He-Man. I know, but he it thinks it was the best. It emphasizes, like, he's way more comedically inclined than the rest of the heroes, <laughs> which, like, I think this is just as funny as you can be in this universe. Like, we said already how all the characters just state the plot, you know? Yeah. There's almost no characterization to it. So, like, this is as quippy as they can get. <laughs> like, <laughs> you'll be ruling a dungeons. Yeah. That's really great. Did you did you write any of them down? It's I didn't. So good. I didn't think to. They're awesome. <laughs> he'll he'll like bust through a door and he'll just be like, "Looks like the tables have turned, villain." <laughs> we weren't talking about tables, so it doesn't really work. Nice. Does he like? Kinda... Does he actually say villain all the time? He says villain in this one. I don't know if he always does. I hope he always does. It's I don't think he good. Does. Look at the size of that. Watch out for the tail. It's poisonous. We'd better do something about this big bug. Monster is more like it. There you are. A bug in a box. But, yeah, it's just, it's endearing in the same way. Like, he's just kind of cute watching him try to be a superhero, yeah. I guess. And no one questions him because they think that he is, because they also have the personality of a bag of rocks so they're just like this is the most intriguing person ever it's it's so over the top his puns are incredible i'm gonna look up more of them later i wish i could think of them now but (laughs) cut them in (laughs) yeah Ah, we've gone around the entire structure and there is no door then we'll make our own so uh what else do we have to say about he-man the the idea that when he goes from Prince Adam to the strongest man in the universe, mm-hmm. like the change in his strength, the only thing that heralds it is he loses the gay clothes. Yeah. Thoughts? Well, <laughs> <laughs> no, no thoughts. Not not when you put it like that. Um, <laughs> How homophobic would you like to be, just hazing? <laughs> not very. But doesn't it seem like kind of a subtle, you know, anti-homosexual uh, dig? dig? I don't to, I don't know because his personality doesn't change at all between the two halves. Um, I know. You know, that shitting grin is going to be there regardless. Yeah, it, man, that thing is good. I don't know. He I just thought it was interesting how he wears like when he's human, you're like, "Whoa, this is like a pretty, you know, this is kind of a gay stereotype burly guy." He, yeah, he's And then um, you look at and then you look at Prince Adam, and you're like, "Whoa, that guy, that gay guy he was before, that guy he was before was super straight. He, he was had um, all of the ladies compared to this. Yeah, like he's he seems almost preppy. Like you could put an ascot on Prince Adam. Well, preppy, but I mean, we shouldn't understate how how flamboyant that outfit is. It's like pink on lavender. Uh, <laughs> well, back during um fifties and sixties, pink was the masculine color. Oh, was it? I don't remember why or when it changed, but this might have been around the cusp. Okay. Um, but I do recall there was, you know, mid-80s, anti-gay hysteria was kind of high, so I I wouldn't be surprised if, if it was, you know, a subtle dig from one of the creators, but I don't have anything to back that up. I mean, at the end of the day, he's still taking his clothes off to become stronger, 
And that really doesn't need any <laughs> texture to be its own joke. <laughs> uh, the little the little cross bands on him. The what? Is it? Oh, is he not wearing a shirt? Who am I thinking of? He's not wearing. Oh no, he's got like a yeah. He's got those those straps across his chest. Yeah, they like fold, lift, and separate his his pecs. <laughs> That's right. Skeletor has the same one because they're bondage buddies. Yeah, I'm looking at and their safe of word him. is by the power of Grayskull, I have the power. <laughs> That's a bit of a long safe word. <laughs> yeah, but when you say it, you're no longer in danger because you're the strongest man alive. Right. By the way, um, I believe in one crossover, Superman and He Man fought. <laughs> what? How'd that go? And and for a while there, depending on which Superman and which He Man you're talking about, they were pretty much evens in strength. Hmm. Hmm. I guess you can get by it because Superman isn't technically a man; he's above men. Right. That's he. So. <laughs> Uberman. Yeah. Uberman. Ada Man. D- discontinued Mega Man villain. Right. <laughs> Uberman. Um. Just a bad German stereotype. <laughs> There's some interesting um, German history caught up with uh, one of the executive producers. Really? Uh, Lou Scheimer, who also voices, uh, he voices Orko and some other characters, but he was supposed to just yeah. be the executive producer, but like, budget. Okay. Uh, they had sure. a terrible budget. But a- apparent, according to Wikipedia, he was the son of a German Jew who had to leave Germany after punching out Hitler in a beer hall in the 1920s. Holy shit. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> What the fuck? <laughs> That's the sweetest backstory I've ever heard. I'm just picturing it like, punch, run, 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 run. Man, you don't have to do anything the rest of your life. You just walk around and be like, I punched out Hitler. Remember, kids, violence never solves problems, unless that problem is the Third Reich. Yep. That is the sweetest backstory. <laughs> I'm gonna call that back later. We're gonna that's gonna have the same frequency as Buck Tud Russell as our number of episodes approaches infinity. <laughs> Whew. All um, right, let's let's finish up with He Man, okay? Yeah. We get into the other So uh, looking at very the, briefly. Looking again at pictures of him, it is quite a stark change going to the barbarian form with the like tattered loincloth sort of thing. Um, yeah. <laughs> He but, essentially just loses the tunic. But again, he's very civil, um, even in even in barbarian form. Well, he's got his codes. He knows that you have to quip right before you give a, a villain a, a beatdown. Right. You know? And I think, I think that kind of uh, arrogant stupidity is fine. If they had just made him like a berserker, it would have been harder for them to claim that it was a distinct character from like Conan and Thundar because they did face some lawsuits. Oh really? For intellectual property, um, I think maybe just one, but I think they won. They were like, "Yeah, it's different enough." I kind of like him way better than Conan or uh, whoever else you said. Thundar, Wh- whoever the hell that is. Yeah, yeah. I don't know. I I really like the. I don't know. <laughs> there, what do you think? <laughs> I don't know how to. Why do you it? think there were a lot of there were a lot of barbarian characters at the time? Yeah, like that and Ugg. Like why? Who the hell why was you, Ugg? He was Ugg. He's a barbarian. He was okay. in there. Okay, great. <laughs> Read up on your lore, man. Come on. I'm sorry. <laughs> um, why do you think busy. barbarians were so in at the time? Because when Roger Sweet went to them with like, 
hey, guys, I got a generic character that can go anywhere. He actually came up with three different ones, and they were like the Barbarian. Barbarian's in. Well, maybe it was just a, maybe it was a parallel to the fact that action figures were a bigger thing back then. Yeah. And, you know, it's kind of fun to mess around with action figures who look like they could physically fight each other and aren't just like wizards and you have to use your imagination. Mm, good point. Thanks. <laughs> it's completely made up, but I feel pretty <laughs> good about it. That's, yeah. that's all we need for the Cartoncast seal of approval. <laughs> yep. Also, we don't even need that. <laughs> We're just doing, we're going the extra mile. Um, I want to talk for a second, just a couple more things about He-Man. Yep. I think it would have been interesting to have him, I kind of wish he was less beefy as Prince Adam. Oh, yeah. Um, I don't mind that it didn't happen in the past, you know, judging it on on its own merits, Mm -hmm. even though I think that would have been easy enough to animate. It does happen in the 2002 version, which by the way, this is a 2002 adaptation of He-Man and Masters of the Universe. I haven't checked it out. Nope. I'm sure it's different in some ways, but I didn't see it. Um, do you... But yeah, he I, was I, much more of a wuss compared to He-Man in that version. I like that, like, if his musculature doesn't really change, I like to think that the power of Grayskull is just confidence. <laughs> <laughs> he had the power of Grayskull in him all along, <laughs> in his pants. Ugh. <laughs> Sorry. Supervolt just walked in. It's like, your day is going to be gray from now on, villain. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Fuck you, He-Man. That's not a catchphrase. (laughs) So you could see Skeletor just kind of like, sighing, and his head just, you know, goes down and just like puts his hand over his face, just like, Jesus Christ, this is my arch enemy. Should we talk about Skeletor as the primary antagonist of the series? In in a little bit. I kind of want to save him for the end. Okay. <laughs> in a Chuckles the P- Silly Piggy sort of way. Okay. You know, save, our, save the best parts for last. Although I do think that He-Man is my favorite character, even above Skeletor. Yeah. Um, um, the other characters don't really have a ton of, you know, difference among them. Orko, I think, is... Much. Orko, I think, is one of the major distinctions in terms of personality. But he oh, loses totally. points for being really annoying. Um, I actually didn't find him that annoying. Apparently, apparently everybody who watched this think he's either the best character or, like, the worst character. He, like they think of him as the scrappy. And I think the people who think that he's the worst character were taking this show too seriously. Aside from He-Man, he's one of the only people who does those sort of, like, really bad jokes. Yeah. Yeah, um, he's sort of a... Uh... We should point out he's a floating hooded wizard. He's sort of Woody Allen if he had to, if he had magic powers, right? And an even squeakier voice. <laughs> I'm sorry, man. I d- didn't get the memo. It's <laughs> a good Woody Allen, right? Fading into walking there. Yeah, I guess so. Woody walking. Yeah, but um, yeah, he's got a real kitty figure and a real kitty voice, so it maybe was supposed to be one of the characters that littler kids. We're supposed to, you know, empathize with like a little bit more. Yeah, he he seemed geared toward the younger, younger crowd. Mm-hmm. Um, pretty much any time they needed something like plot wise to happen, and they didn't have the tools immediately at their disposal, he's just like, "I'll open up an interdimensional rift, whatever." Like, he seems much more capable of resolving the plot than the other characters. Oh yes, <laughs> like, he, yeah, I don't know. He he seems very. He seems kind of like Dave 
Dave the Barbarian, and he's just kind of thinking his way past problems just at the very end, and, un- <laughs> and until he does, he's totally ineffectual. Right. You know? I think I like the bumbling wizard personality generally. Yeah. You know, one who's powerful but a- absent-minded, but this is kind of a weird variation of that, where he's a sorcerer who's just very nearly always totally inept. Yeah, well, you see in some... In some shows, you know, the the powerful character is also clumsy and, and, you know, uh, accident-prone, like Ed in uh, Ed, Ed, and Eddie. That's Uh, true. But here, he's the wizard, and that's his power, but he's also accident-prone with that power. Yeah, which makes narrative sense. Right. I don't know if you knew. Well, he's from, like, another dimension, right? Yeah, and all the laws of physics are backwards here. Yeah. From his home dimensions. So like, the sh- trees grow upside down, and he tries to shoot fire, and it shoots water. Like, yeah. So he is actually—I don't know if you saw the episode. He's actually a great sorcerer on his own planet. Yeah, I did, actually. Yeah. Wow, we both watched that episode? It's weird. <laughs> it had dragons in the title. I think that's why. <laughs> How am I not going to watch the episode with dragons in the title? Um, but yeah, like, I love that aspect of his personality. How he's just totally— out of his element, and he doesn't let that discourage him into trying to help, but it just makes him totally inept most of the time. Yeah, absolutely. Makes him a little sad to watch, actually. I don't know. I, I, I liked him a lot. You didn't you didn't care for him? Um, just his voice? Not really. The voice was grating. Um, yeah, I can see that. He seemed auxiliary. I don't know. If I have an option of seeing the enemy burnt... With a with a kid friendly fireball or like suplexed, I would definitely prefer to see the suplex. That's true. <laughs> suplex is cooler, and it's one of the better Kirby powers. And fireballs, like, eh. yeah. But I guess you're right. I guess it's more fun to talk about other characters such as Man at Arms. <laughs> so, <laughs> Man at Arms, man. So I looked Beautiful. at the toy line, and they have about fifty. Of whatever the hell man-at-arms is supposed to be. Yeah, some sort of guard. Yep, a guard with a weapon. But he's just the one that happens to hang around the team. (laughs) I think he's Tila's father, or adoptive father or something. Yeah, that sounds right. So he's got that going for him, and he's supposed to be training Prince Adam in an aspect of Prince Adam's hidden life, which I really would have liked to see developed more, but didn't really get developed. Yeah. But beyond that, he's very, you know, he's, he's very generic. He's very functional. He's very functionary. He makes fun of Orko for being magical. He provides tactical or plot advice to He-Man when necessary, and that's it. Yeah. Um, One thing awesome about him is that he has an older brother named Fisto. Oh, that's his brother? giant fist. (laughs) Yeah, Fisto, and then there's, like, Ram Man, and just these, like, extras where they're like, let's put armor plating on a body part. Boom. Yeah. Hand. Done. Head. Done. Give him some springs on his legs. Which, again... In the same way, like Samurai Jack, like they all have names and that are just what they are in the Fist- context of this show Fisto. because people didn't understand sarcasm or subtlety back then. Fisto is great. He talks in like this really gravelly. Oh, I didn't see Fisto. Voice. He talks in like this really gravelly voice, and one time he was doing the moral, and he's like, "You might have noticed that in this episode, everyone had to lend each other a hand. If somebody needs help, you should lend them a hand, even if it's not as big as mine." <laughs> like. <laughs> He's pretty good. <laughs> Fisto. <laughs> um, man we all need arms. to be lent a hand sometimes, villain. <laughs> uh, but I guess that links us to Tila. Yep. Whom is the token female warrior character. I didn't see much of her. 
I I saw her. Uh, Adam gave enough? her a wink time and again. Yeah, <laughs> every so often. Is she a princess or like? She's the sorceress's daughter, the sorceress of Grayskull, which I guess there's some plot here that I don't quite get. There's some plot with how Grayskull links up to power, links up to the sorceress, links up to Tila, and there's sort of like this avatar lineage where Tila will become the next sorceress of Grayskull. Uh, I don't ugh. really get it. I, too much I, plot, too I much seriousness. I didn't need to know any of that. <laughs> yeah, this 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 series does not work on macro plot. Um but, I, uh, I didn't really care much. Like, Tila seemed just kind of, yeah, another character filling a role. She's got quite the donk, though. Sorceress was a bit more interesting to me. Does um, she got the donk? I didn't notice the donk. I noticed the bird <laughs> wings and the fact that she can turn into a hawk. Oh, okay. Uh, which, to me, is a greater sign of personality. She would, She didn't have much of a role in Team Team Man, though, you know? Well, I mean... She is one of the people that he trusts with his secret identity. <laughs> secret identity of <laughs> yeah, Prince like, Adam. I'm just picturing him, like, like instead At of secret identity, being like, mask. just, like, At ripping off a, a shirt and being like, I'm invisible. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> just, put it, just holding up a sheet, beating up bad guys from underneath the sheet. <laughs> Your plans are translucent, villain. <laughs> <laughs> no, he's not even that clever. Yeah, I suppose not. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I like Tila in that she is not a sexist caricature, mm-hmm. uh, except for her high heels. But she's far more competent than Orko. Yeah. You know? So she she actually helps move the plot along without, you know, stepping in a big pile of it. Yeah, they'll be, like, trying to figure something out, and she'll be like, why don't you go investigate this? And like, good idea, Tila. <laughs> I don't know what voice that was. <laughs> he sounded like a bird woman, which I guess makes sense. Well, um, but yeah, that's Team He Man. I don't mind him. I don't mind it much, but I think He Man's the strongest character. Nah, and then we've he, got definitely. Team Skeletor. Team Skeletor pitching for Team Skeletor. <laughs> pitching for Team Skeletor. We got Bones McKenzie. <laughs> we've got some great looking villains. That are hard to understand? No. No, we don't. <laughs> you didn't like Lockjaw? By the way, <laughs> another, another Scooby-Doo uh, parallel. You know how in the Scooby-Doo intro, it'll like show a bunch of like fake masky villains mm-hmm. in quick succession? Here yeah. they do that with the villains as yeah. well. <laughs> Skeletor's forces, and then it like hits from Lockjaw to Beastman to Skeletor. Yeah. It's like the same like cadence to it. I, I liked watching the villains more because uh, they were more interesting to watch like fight because it wasn't just punching and wrist lasers it was like oh he's got an arm that detaches and be- can become a cannon or i sort of found him less interesting really i mean they didn't have as much personality well they they had less chronological lo- real estate just, in the context looked, of the show as well they looked better <laughs> yeah a skeletor certainly looks better skeletor is very visually appealing like, it's He-Man's body and then a skull on top and a I, cowl over the skull and you're done. How are you going to conquer Eternia without skin? Come on. <laughs> think it through. Yeah. Get it together, Skullsy. Um, yeah, Skeletor is definitely, again, the best one on his team. Time to send you back to the graveyard, Skeletor. <laughs> <laughs> this is so much fun to do. Audience, just try it. Try to like say little catchphrases that aren't quite puns. It's really fun. <laughs> but what were you saying? The Sorry. situation is no longer humorous, villain. Um, That's too much of a pun. I know. It's I too good, Zane. I can't help it. 
Um, I know. <laughs> yeah, Skeletor. I'm not really sure what his motivation is. I was saying, I was, I, I wrote that down. His motives aren't really that clear. He, we know he wants to take over Castle Grayskull, presumably because it would give him the power. But that's kind of all we get. He's just kind of. He wants power, he and wants this is power. how he can get power within the context of the show. Is he a take over and conquer things kind of villain, or is he a destroy everything kind of villain? Um, I I always thought saw it as a take over and conquer type of villain. Yeah, he doesn't seem om- omnicidal. Yeah, and he definitely sees He Man as the main barrier to ruling over Eternia. But well, he's the strongest man in the world, Zane. Yeah, but like, he's got the a strongest team. <laughs> like. Um, one time, Skeletor tries to take He-Man's memory away, and by one time, I mean I'm sure this happened several times. Yeah, there are 130 episodes in the series. <laughs> yeah, over the no, like this is amazing. It's over 26 months, so that's more yeah. than an episode a week for two straight years. That's nuts. <laughs> that's incredible, man. Um, but yeah, he like sends He-Man to another dimension, and like that's his plan. Just get rid of He-Man. Yeah, like, at the end of my plan, I'm going to have to have a climactic fist fight with whomever is representing Skull, <laughs> And I won't be able to win a fist fight against He-Man, so <laughs> I have to get rid of him so I can fight Orko or something. Yeah, like arm wrestle for the kingdom. It does seem like he, he puts an inordinate amount of importance on He-Man's place in things. I would say so. Maybe he has to symbol- symbolically defeat He-Man, uh-huh. like, in order to get the power of Skull. Yeah. Because He-Man has the power. Yeah, you said so You've said that. <laughs> yeah. I, I don't know. I I think I like that he is, he, like, not within the show itself, but upon recollection, it is clear that Skeletor is very ambitious and creative in his ways for trying to depose Skull. Yeah. Or take over Grayskull because every plot that they step into in this fantasy kitchen sink is caused by Skeletor somehow. Mm-hmm. And, and, just like, and they can these be are very... all very, very different ways to try to get He Man out of the picture. Yeah. So where where He Man will use the same tool to solve a number of different problems, Skeletor is using as many tools at his disposal to do this one specific thing. I, I guess when the, all you have is a magic sword, every problem. Everything looks like a Skeletor. <laughs> or punching a dragon or something. Um, how do you feel about, uh, like, hero-villain team-ups, like, in general? Because I saw one episode where they had to team up to fight some sort of interdimensional summoned Slugmo monster. <laughs> like, how do you feel about the hero and villain teaming up to fight a greater threat? There's actually a, uh, a reason that they do that within the, like, the, the creators are doing that, mm-hmm. is because... Skeletor turns out to be so ineffectual because most of the screen time that he gets is him failing <laughs> um, that they needed to remind the audience that he's still a real deal and give him a couple victories, Huh? you know? So sometimes they'll just have him team up with the heroes and he gets to show off. That's not bad. Apparently in the 2002 version, um, Skeletor is much more dire and a real threat. Hmm. But here he's you, you can always kind of see him shaking his head to a nice womp, womp, womp. Yeah, he's a bit he's a bit goofy um and just yeah. over the top melodramatic. And he's got a skull for a head and he's goofy. <laughs> like Fuck. even for that. <laughs> How would he do it? Um I like his relationship between uh, between him and uh, Beastman. 
Uh, and by that, what do you mean exactly? <laughs> well, they're just they're more interesting and dynamic characters than a lot of the heroes, and you get the sense that Skeletor has some sort of like blackmail over Beastman. Like he calls him Beastie, and Beastman like clearly hates working for him, but keeps doing it. Oh, I really want to learn more about that. <laughs> well, I believe that in their you know in their in in their BDSM catalog, um, the expanded universe. Skeletor versus Beastman. That's right. I had to bring it up at one point. Um, that uh that the nature of their relationship is very clear very explicit (laughs) very nsfw (laughs) and for everybody who hasn't seen that it's if you like scatological humor and you're listening to the carton cast so probably (laughs) then you should check out uh cky's skeletor versus beast man because it's pretty incredible yeah it's it's we'll get the fuck out it's something it that it is that don't cut it in but audience if if you were like oh no i wanted to see more of the homoerotic uh you know undertones in this show more more prince adam less he-man then what if these undertones were over (laughs) like way over yeah yeah and a really fun part about that music video is that for half the time it's or not half the time but sometimes it's just little Skeletor and Beastman action figurines and like somebody who got green screened out is making one of them hump the other one <laughs> and it's just like sped up times a thousand and it looks really funny it's like someone having the most frantic chihuahua sex you've ever seen wow I don't know it's pretty funny yeah uh, but um I don't really have anything else to say about Skeletor I know that he's a huge fan favorite but I just he doesn't get enough screen time to really get that much personality yeah. Although you are right, he is narratively important, and you can kind of look behind the plots of individual episodes to see his relationships with his underlings. Mm-hmm. Yeah. There's something to him. There's just not enough dots. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, they could definitely do more with him, and I'm sure in the more recent one they, they did. But mm-hmm. for right now, he's, you know, evil. <laughs> yeah, skills were bad. <laughs> You're in for a bad time, villain. Yeah, <laughs> we're going to keep doing that. Um, but um, Skeletor is, and also Man-at-Arms and Cringer are all voiced by Alan Oppenheimer. Oh, okay. And there's a connection to Big O. He play, he was the guy who played uh, Norman the Butler in the second oh, season. yeah, that's right. And he was also in a bunch of old famous shows like uh, Get Smart, Six Million Dollar Man, and Happy Days. Oh. So he's 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 been around a while. Been around. Yeah. Yeah. That's very that's very cool i guess it makes sense that in the most recent thing big o he was the butler (laughs) i like that he went from uh ancient lich whose uh existence dwarfs my comprehension of 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 time and then just old butler is the next stage (laughs) of that evolution (laughs) yeah i like that yeah so uh tone and genre sure um as we said it's definitely campy by our standards yes but but it was, it, was, it was seriously toned back then. Yeah, I mean, this was much more adventurous. Again, the, this was the most violence anyone had seen in a, in a kid's show ever yeah, and, by this and point. And the amount of peril and insanity that they encounter on a near-frequent basis, like they're dimension hopping, they're fighting somebody who has a skull for a face. Right. Like, they don't really seem too perturbed by any of the evil doings around them. Mm-hmm. or surprised by any of the magic stuff they kind of just accept it and they might say look he's getting away or oh no he's firing the giant laser 
I mean, this is not He-Man saying it because He-Man is just grinning and like <laughs> looking slightly away from the camera. <laughs> but, I need to stop that giant laser. Good thing I stopped yeah. that giant laser. Yeah, good thing I'm the strongest man in the world. <laughs> it, it might just be a limitation of the animation, but it really does seem like they're just battle-hardened and seasoned warriors, mm-hmm. given how how mildly they treat these perilous situations. Yeah. it's. Um... Which, I don't know if they plan for that. I think it is just a limitation of the animation, but I can give it a I can give it a pass. I I would almost say that the the fact that they never seem like super afraid for their lives, like it's never a life and death thing, it seems. Mm-hmm. Um yeah. it might be in the situation, but it definitely doesn't feel that way. I like the idea that they're just kind of playing, like this is just what they yeah. do. Tonally, it's more of a more of a fencing match than an actual supervillain battle. Like you know how you know uh, the monarchs dialogue about how you know they don't they just kind of fake fight they just sharpen their claws and yeah. it's like a fencing match it's like a duel you're not really trying to kill your opponent yeah it's a test of skill yeah that's how the show is toned even though plot wise it is treated much more seriously than that yeah you you mentioned Scooby Doo and it is sort of that oh we stop the villain unmasking. We all just stand around and laugh, and that's the end of the episode. But, like, there's a criminal right there. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. And, and in I the mean, same way, Skeletor is actively trying to kill all of you. And you can, like, foil him and just be like, I guess he won't be coming around again. Yeah. A classic, classic He-Man <laughs> quip. <laughs> <laughs> um, I just love that grin. That grin is so good. I kind of want that just in my wallpaper, him <laughs> looking slightly away from the camera because he's too cool for. <laughs> That's a good motivational yeah. poster for like the gym. One day you yeah. could be the strongest man in the world. Yeah. <laughs> or just by the power of gray skull. Dot dot dot. Yeah, like anything is possible. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> really good. Um, um, yeah, the, there's never really a super heightened sense of of peril and. Um, and it can be very jokey sometimes. Like, they joke around with each other even when, like, even while something bad is happening. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. Yeah, I, I don't know. I don't I don't really have anything to add to that. Yeah. I mean, not really jokey so much as, no, no, I guess a little bit, it could, for their, by their standards. <laughs> sure. <laughs> not, nothing about this is, is humorous. <laughs> this kind of, um, this kind of earnest sincerity it it feels a lot like some of those like uh so bad they're good like B movies that people love um with Jerry Seinfeld. Mm? Do you think <laughs> do you think that's one of the reasons why it's still regarded so highly by people that saw it when they were uh impressionable? B movie? Probably. No. Who <laughs> 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 Then you want to hit me with that question again? <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to hit you with a sting. Um, <laughs> like, do you think... <laughs> Hold on, I lost it. <laughs> it's gone. It's, it's gone. <laughs> now I'm thinking Humor. about bees. Breaking out in hives. <laughs> I'm so tired. <laughs> yeah. Oh, um, um, do you, the the sort of sincerity, do you think it contributed to the fact that people are still, like, this is still a cult classic? 
I don't know. I don't. I honestly. I don't know why people hold this in such regard. There were other better things on TV at the time. At the time, like what? Um, Like I said, Inspector Gadget. I think was at the same time. Oh my God, was it? Yeah, like watch that. Oh, let me let me let me look up for a second. Let me look up for a second. What else was uh, contemporaneous? Go right ahead. Yeah, I I would be surprised if Inspector Gadget was at that time but there is so much internet love for this show maybe it's just i don't know maybe it's because it's like it maybe it was like on the at the exact right year that people who were the correct age at the time are now really big into the internet it could and be so it has just disseminated like popularity of it just disseminated much more quickly than maybe something created more recently mm-hmm. just because you don't have that nostalgia working for you in that age group yeah um i i, I think i think that's fair i think a lot of the internet is is biased by the interneteers of of you know the people who were right in that age spot to control things when it came around mm-hmm. um yeah, I wonder if that's going to be a function of, like, uh, if it's just going to always be what this age group is into, like, even in, like, the 2040s, it's still going to be, like, the uh, 17 to 25-year-old males who, like, dictate what is being regarded as, I mean, I guess that's always being regarded as pop culture. Well, that's that's what um, that's what things are catered to. That's what pop culture is catered to, is that age group and demographic. Yeah, I guess you got better things to think about when you're older and you're kind of just following when you're younger. Yeah. It's like when you can kind of make your own choices to some degree, but none of them have any consequence. <laughs> uh, <laughs> I feel like we should talk a little bit about um, some of the internet things that came out of this show. Yeah. Then we will. I'm going to get to that later. Oh, uh, it's, okay. <laughs> it's very awesome. But let's, let's, let's do a little bit more on the tone and genre. Okay. So... Uh, the fact that it's all like just random in the magic in the universe for every plot mm-hmm. and how they always just kind of rely on a wizard did it which is odd because this is um the combination of of science and magic magitech yeah that is is it's weird that they tend to rely on magic so much more like they rely on science for like blaster weapons and rocket ships and that's about yeah. it wrist lasers I don't think they rely on sci-fi all that much. Right. Like, it's got a 70-30 rule, right? Yeah, It's to 10, 10 to 90. You know, they're yeah. so much more likely to summon up an interdimensional beast than to, like, program an evil robot. Yeah, and when they do program it, they're going to program it with, like, magic memories from an ancient demon or something. Yeah. So, whatever. You know, they say that sufficiently advanced technology is indistinguishable from magic. But the magic in this show is used so, like, without consideration of the long-term effects that I, that doesn't seem right. Yeah, like, why would anyone be a scientist in this world? Right. <laughs> you can just magic yourself up to the east side whenever you want. The whole point of science is we don't have magic, and we're trying to get there. <laughs> it's it's weird to have them, like, intermingle like that. Yeah. It's it's like what I was talking about with Fairly Odd Parents, where Timmy's just like, dirty. dude, all you got to do is wish for it. It's dirty. What the hell are you magicians doing? Yeah, quit working so hard. You you'll notice that they have a royal sorcerer, but they don't have a royal like, you know, mechanic. I thought that's what the man at arms kind of did. Like he was the more. Uh... 
No, he's side. there so you have someone on your team whose brother's name is Fisto. <laughs> you know? Always important. A core group of any that, medieval team. Can I name you Fisto and put that on my resume? <laughs> I'd be insulted if you didn't. Great. So now that you mentioned the AI, though, it's kind of interesting that they... Oh, I don't know if you remember the tank at all. The but it's, tank? The, like the, the, the tank that they travel around in? They tool around in their robo-tank? Oh, yeah. <laughs> what? And it talks like an Abonix version of Siri. I don't recall this. Like, it has sort of a monotone, but it uses some slang. <laughs> like, even more so than the humans. <laughs> so you'll have, like, Prince Adam, the gears are getting all messed up. <laughs> oh, wow. It's really weird. No, I, did, I didn't catch any of that. <laughs> yeah. Which, again, it's like it's like these robots were programmed by, like, channeling Otto or, like, Raymundo <laughs> into him. <laughs> like, that's your robot now. <laughs> These gears are getting gnarly. <laughs> Whoa. Whoa, little S- prince dude. Sick beef, he man. <laughs> you won't have any beef when I'm through with you, robot. <laughs> um but but I I do like the mixture of science and techn- and uh, magic. I just think they could have done more with it. Um I'm not sure they should have. I I appreciate. I actually think they might have been able to excise all of the science in this, and it would have been fine. Like it was close enough to not having any science in it. Yeah, I suppose. Might just it definitely yeah. it definitely leans more on the side of the fantastical. Oh yeah, by far. I, like so far that you don't even really know why you have the sci-fi elements there. Like with Treasure Planet, you it was cool from two perspectives because mm-hmm. it was almost even, like not quite. Yeah, it was closer. but almost even. But um, for this, like, what appeal is there in the sci-fi? That robo-tank? That's about it. The, yeah, the, the sci-fi provides them with the tools to navigate the plots that the magic necessitates. Um, maybe, maybe the tools that they could sell. Yeah. Oh, yeah, <laughs> that's right. Because this was a cash grab. <laughs> right. You know, they couldn't sell the magic. Hey guys, get this laser pointer uh, wrist bracelet thing. Yeah, you can do that. Nine ninety-five. Come on, kids, tell your parents. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's so, one of those um, PSAs at the end. Remember, kids, it's important <laughs> to stimulate the economy. Uh, speaking of the PSAs, yeah. <laughs> I think they are the best part of this whole show. Yeah. because Well, first of all, because it's spoken from He-Man grinning, which is <laughs> which already great. A plus. And, and he gives like a, a knowing is half the battle style moral. That highlights the message of the episode, whether or not it's accurate. Oh, that's what uh, that's what's contemporary with this is the GI Joe show. Oh yeah, that's true. Yeah, uh, that uh, I I didn't find as much. There's some internet love for it, but not nearly as much. I don't think. Mm-hmm. Sorry, um, you was, you were saying about the morals. No, it's okay. It just really highlights the message of the episode, and it's kind of funny to me how in the 80s they felt like they had to sh- make shows that explicitly stayed their moral why did you say that was because it was like a it was like a trade-off to allow them to get away with violence and direct line promotion okay i i thought it might have been like tighter fcc restrictions or something you know you you would see this in the comic books back in the 50s when they were a hot button thing and the comics code came in where you'd have oh. you know superman fighting but it wasn't really you know, he didn't use his heat vision on anybody. He would like punch them or throw them around much more, and then 
you'd have like a like a panel thing where he was like support your local school district or like um <laughs> eat hostess snack cakes you know good yeah <laughs> good, good public service announcements if you give brainiac hostess snack cakes he won't be able to resist <laughs> <laughs> yeah yeah there i i'm seeing a lot of similarities between he-man and superman which is pretty weird <laughs> it is weird yeah, cause, I mean, he doesn't have the whole alien angle, which is not an angle that I really like. Yeah, so I've developed whatever. this magic green glowing crystal that will destroy He-Man. <laughs> like, you could see that happening easily. <laughs> One more thing about the the, the, the PSA. Mm-hmm. Or, or in addition to the PSA nonsense, yep. there's also some, I think, adult innuendo <laughs> to kind of... Like, not a lot. Like, I think this was actually not an innuendo in sort of like a gentle ribbing to the more mature audience. Mm -hmm. So much as it was like trying to subtly involve maybe um, mature PSAs, you know? In what way? So it wasn't for the sake of a joke, but sort of like trying to appeal to teenagers in a way that littler kids wouldn't get. Yeah. Like... Like, like trying to sell that PSA to, like, uh, more mature age groups. Like, when Orko and his girlfriend for the show, like, show their true faces to each other. Yeah, that's a little weird. <laughs> and it's like, well, it's kind of like getting engaged. <laughs> yeah, kind you of. Know? But then he's like, you're beautiful. I gotta come back here real soon. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so, like, anyone who's 15 is like, oh, okay. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Get it. Faces. That's right. Yeah. Yeah, and, you know, they can kind of involve a little bit more mature themes. Not really themes, but just, like, little nods. Mm -hmm. Little continuity nods to, like, uh, somebody growing up in that era. Yeah. I don't know. It was just a random thought that I had. No, that's that's definitely fair. So, um, animation? Yeah, this... (laughs) Again... going incredibly long. Again, dated. Dated animation. Yeah. Um, it was. I love it. This show was made using. It's called limited animation. I'm going to tell you right now. I love this animation. <laughs> so parts of the frame. It's Scooby Doo. Parts. It's just Scooby Doo again. Just repeat the background. Just kind of put it on a loop. <laughs> dun 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 dun. Um, Battle Cat was um was modeled kind of after Scooby. Yeah, I can see that. The sort of um, cowardice, and then no, just just the cowardice. <laughs> <laughs> Zoinks, villain! <laughs> um, but limited anima- limited animation is where parts of the frames are reused again and again, so that they don't have to keep redrawing. Which is oh, why okay. it's so blocky and the movements are so monotonous. But <laughs> it is a very useful budget and time saving technique, uh, which is probably why they were able to put out so many episodes so quickly, and also yeah, probably that, why every episode looks the same. <laughs> yeah, it does. But I don't mind it. Like, I never (laughs) was watching it and was just like, I've seen this before. Mm -hmm. Because, again, it's focusing you so heavily into the dialogue, which is all the plot, that, like, the animation doesn't really matter for much. Right. So I just found it less important in this show. Mm -hmm. A couple of things that I wanted to mention about it was, you know, you were saying that they all look blocky. Considering the character models in the early era, I thought there was really attention, excellent attention to character animation. Mm -hmm. Like, they don't look like sometimes they kind of don't look animated they're just standing there talking no like i mean let me let me try again 
So like they kind of act and react when that while they're talking. Like it's not sort of an anime thing that when you're when you're talking and move, you only one person can talk and move at a time, and the other person just has to stand stock still. Uh huh. I didn't find that to be the case here. Interesting. And uh, also, there's this. I don't know exactly how this was. I, I couldn't really verbalize exactly what I was thinking when I saw this, but it seems like they're operating on a different frame rate than usual. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> like you're you know, you're seeing a little bit of the code in the Matrix. A little bit, <laughs> like you're starting to see some like uh, big pictures of dongs like between the frames of <laughs> He-Man running towards something. Uh, I I'll be honest, I didn't look at the animation that much except during the fight scenes. Mm-hmm. Um, which which I enjoyed. You know, they throw a lot of characters, the sci-fi weapons, the magic, all at once. Uh, I found those. I found the action pretty good. Yeah, it's not bad. Um, but but aside when they're also... just standing around talking, I I thought I still the blockiness was not a plus for me in the way I, it seems to have been for you. It well, it wasn't really a plus so much as it didn't bother me mm-hmm. because I was focused on the plot. But I will say, it just this is not fun to watch. <laughs> like. I don't enjoy watch. I didn't enjoy watching this. No, I will say that. Um, I'm trying to judge it on its own terms, but I wouldn't go back and watch this as an adult who has not seen He Man before. No, you know? no. I mean, but if you saw there it were as a kid, some things to like. If you saw it as a kid and then you got older and it was like, "Ooh, it's on Hulu," and then like you're like, "Oh, I never saw this episode." Like, fine. Not an yeah, issue. Yeah, sure. There's something to be said for nostalgia. I constantly rewatch old videos just because I I remember how good I felt watching them yeah. the first time. It's it's. I def- watched Bacano eight times. By the now. show is this show is worth watching a couple times just because there is so much uh, pop culture stock in it. Sure, you know where Billy, Bo- you know where uh, Long John Silver comes from. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Same thing. You know where all pirates come from. I I agree. I just wanted to give the disclaimer that although I don't like this show, mm-hmm. there is a lot that's cool about it. Specifically, jumping back into animation, yep. you were talking about the combat looks good. Yeah, they move slower than they would if they were in combat. That's why part of the thing that I thought the frame rate was kind of fucked up, mm-hmm. and it made it look like a really vintage adrenaline time. <laughs> to me yeah when they're fighting they kind of slow down a bit it seems like they're using extra frames i thought it was more so if you watch like old play like old uh movies that were clearly just plays because that's what movies used to be they it used to be done just like a play and Mm -hmm. if you had a scene and it was like you can see this a ton in like the old marx brothers cartoon uh, or uh movies if, Hello, my baby. Hello, my honey. A little too far. <laughs> time, girl. Um, if you, if a scene was good enough, they didn't bother redoing it. Um, so you oh, can okay. you can catch the actors like messing up their lines and just kind of going over it. But yeah. in the fight scene, the mic hitting them in the head. That's why the fight scenes, because they didn't really want to do a ton of of shoots, because they were working on you know old film. Um, mm-hmm. They would have the fights really slow, and you do this in acting too. Unless you have the choreography really down, you have to go in slow motion um, for oh. it to be effective. So I think, like for, even on live plays, uh, in live plays, if you've practiced it, if you've got it down, but just to make sure you don't hurt anybody, it, it, it is its own thing. It's it's much more like dancing than acting. Um, oh, and yeah, and so I think. For these fights, because they're so slow and blocky, I think they actually like tried like chore- choreographing some of them before animating them just to make sure like it looked good. Huh. 
That's interesting. That's that's I just like how the it idea that me. they're all putting on a play for me. <laughs> like kind of like the you know the He Man hour, He-Man. courtesy of Lard and Lard. You know, He Man's playing with his action figures. <laughs> <laughs> when suddenly a green meteor rock came from outer space and sapped him of his strength. <laughs> Should we? Uh, are we done with animation? I I am. I think we're we're starting to run pretty long. Yeah. Let's so. let's do audio and then uh, those internet things you wanted to talk about. Yes. So I will. Uh, the music was made by Levy and Saban of Power Rangers fame, and I'm sure oh, I mispronounced cool. their names. But yeah, no, no. It's before it's before he came to Seven and Seven. Right. He was doing music. <laughs> little name change before he practiced law. Yeah. So that's where we get a, a bunch of these like pump up uh, music, which. I think would have been better if they had electric guitars, but they, <laughs> it, it was more like a strings to piano kind of thing. It was, I think a lot of the music in this show is lively, if repetitive, kind of like what you'd find in like a Final Fantasy game. Like a lot of... Yeah, I... I was thinking the same thing. They sound like JRPG music <laughs> a lot of the time. Like, the other music themes really sound awesome to me, and I think it's because I've played so many JRPGs. Like, when they go to the other dimension, it sounds like something out of Earthbound. It's really cool. Yeah. I, I haven't... Uh, I didn't look. Do you know of any He-Man video games? I I looked, and I couldn't find them. I'm sure they're out there. I think that'd be a I fine... bother. You know, fine translation. I think that would go right in. <laughs> I don't know. I don't have enough... I don't have enough affection to any character that's not He-Man. Well, yeah, it's all He-Man. <laughs> uh, just like a beat him up with like all the faces of He-Man. And after every random encounter, he does one of those quips. Come on, Battle Cat, let's scatter these walking piles of sand. Here, you can join your buddies. This is just like playing on the beach. It's <laughs> perfect. Uh, uh, but like no. the Superman 64 game, apparently Superman did a bunch of one-liners as well <laughs> that like never ended. Um, no. It really does seem, the more we talk about it, that He-Man is just Superman. It really is. <laughs> By the way, I, I didn't really talk about it much. Mm-hmm. No, you know what? I, I think we talked about the fact that his name is He-Man enough. Yeah. Yeah, we've talked enough about that. I'll cut that and out. Prince, well, Prince Adam, Adam being the prototypical man... Oh, I never, I never made that link. Neither did I. But, uh, obviously, um, prototypical. Yeah, he's bef- the he's before the tip. He's before the type. <laughs> yeah. Hmm. <laughs> okay. We'll count it. <laughs> Pretty good. Um. But yeah, I I liked I liked the music. I felt like it moved the action along pretty well. Yeah the the music was very good. Um, how do you feel about the Eternia theme? Because they play that more than anything else. Uh, not bad. I honestly, I thought that was from Thundercats. I I was hearing Secret of Mana. Yeah, it's a it's bit. got a lot of um. It's again like anything in this show, very generic. I like it though. Like it's sort it's of iconic. Bad. It's not bad. It's it's generic, but it you sort of get the idea that this might be the wellspring from which generic, like cartoon music sprung mm-hmm. like this might have been the what did you call it the prototypical example <laughs> <laughs> yeah um yeah so I kind of like the, the attorney of theme a lot I don't have anything to say about it other than I like it but it shows up a lot so that did a lot for me 
Yeah. Also, sometimes they play variations of it where they'll, like, turn it to a minor key, and those are really satisfying. Hmm. I didn't notice those. Yeah, they're pretty rare, but when they pop up, they're pretty cool. Hmm. Um, as far as the sound effects go, it is all the Scooby-Doo sound <laughs> effects. <laughs> Just cut right from Scooby-Doo. <laughs> At least it sounds like that to that, me. That, like, wump when they run too fast into a wall. Yeah. <laughs> You can you can almost kind of see the, I think they do the like, um, if somebody's like changing the places of a lot of objects noise. Uh-huh. Do you know what I'm talking about? I think so. Like the but the like that thing. Uh-huh. In any case, uh, I feel like I I don't know. Maybe I didn't hear that exact example from this, but there's a lot of sound effects that sound pretty much the same thing as Scooby Doo. Yeah. I don't know if you also noticed that yeah i think that's to be expected that was what they had to draw on at the time yep yep when they were done drawing on his shit grin (laughs) (laughs) which you need a team of animators to render that just right yeah and get him from the exact angle such (laughs) that he's not quite looking at the camera (laughs) yeah uh but like so before we go into extra details you can see clearly that there are things about this show that we are big fans of yeah i was surprised i was surprised because i didn't yeah i didn't like it when i first looked at it but upon reflection you know if you can look past the fact that it's very dated it does have a lot going for it you kind of have to just well maybe not a lot going for it but you have to like distill it down into (laughs) your favorite parts yeah just be on the watch. It, it's like a drinking game. You're on the watch for something that gets you going, and the rest you're just, like, waiting <laughs> for the next time. Yeah, like He-Man making a quip or a close-up of his face not looking at the camera. <laughs> Beautiful. Yeah. Um. So, uh, a few extra things. Mm-hmm. Um. So, I'm, I'm going to read a couple of comments that we got from a couple people uh-huh. whom have, have, uh, have commented about He-Man. Oh, great. Um, and then we'll talk about some internet love that this has had because I wanted that to have its own section. Sounds good. Because it's amazing. Um, so Kelly Comaford, whom is one of my grad school friends, um, writes to us from Facebook, Skeletor, rolling into the scene, looking all badass. <laughs> and then he talks and I'm reminded of prepubescent teenagers. <laughs> <laughs> we didn't really comment on his voice, which I don't know why we didn't. I, did, I said meh quite a lot. You did, but you we we didn't like really hone in on the fact that he really has a voice that you wouldn't expect from like a Lord of Darkness who has a skull for a face. It could have you know? it could have been an intentional, you know, he man is complete opposite of Skeletor, but I think they just <laughs> liked the voice and were like, Yeah, stick with that. Whatever. Yeah. It sounds They did it not have good. a ton of budget for extra voice actors. Like it sounds very good. His his accent is really cool. It fits him. I I just wonder about why it's as high pitched as it is. Yeah. Um, yeah, I, I I do agree that he looks badass, and he does remind me of prepubescent teenagers. Maybe they were trying to not make him so dire as to be serious, like didn't want to scare kids or you know, yeah, provide them with the thought that He Man wasn't going to win. Oh no! How is He Man going to get out of this one? <laughs> Maybe if he has like I don't know more power <laughs> can he do that I don't, is that a thing he knows how to do <laughs> remember ben he's the most powerful man in the universe yeah <laughs> he, yeah yeah yeah. Ben, he's the master of the universe <laughs> he's the master of his own u- isn't that a euphemism uh from seinfeld yeah <laughs> yeah the master of his own domain <laughs> that's right i wish we'd been making that joke all along <laughs> oh well. 
so yeah thanks kelly um devin johnson from uh this is from our hometown she posted on facebook in high school my brother tried to sell all our he-man action figures at a garage sale and i literally had to buy them from him in order to stop him (laughs) that's all i have to say about how much i love this show (laughs) and the accompanying books oh man i was not aware that this had accompanying books but I think her response is indicative of how people feel about this show in that she had a bunch of action figures. Yeah. And, like, if, if this is indicative, she she marries her love of the show with the love of the action figures. Absolutely. I, I think, you know, like I said, there's 130 episodes up on Hulu, free to watch. Mm-hmm. But that's not what you're, you know, if you're looking back for some nostalgia, no, you, you want to look at your action figure. Put that up on your desk. Put it as a paperweight. I I kind of I feel like I should be a kind of person who likes playing with action figures. Uh-huh. I don't think I do like to sit down and actually play with them. I think it would enhance my enjoyment of watching this if I was fiddling around with like master at arms beating the hell out of Skeletor while I was watching it. Like just kind of <laughs> distractedly. I think we're too old to play with action figures in front of anyone and not come off as creepy. I think I'm just too shy to play with action figures in front of anyone. <laughs> Like, the reason I'm podcasting is because I don't want people to talk back. Like, that would be, that's my worst nightmare. <laughs> so send those comments straight to... So send those comments. I'll make fun of you. You'll never know. You'll you'll never be able to get any validation of being able to make fun of me because we won't read that part. Nice. So uh, Devin also did the, um, the dubious task of uh, giving us a link on our Facebook page to the Facebook page, Skeletor is Love. What? Are you aware of this Facebook page? I've never heard of this. Tell me about it. It's really great. Let me look it up. Somebody made this Facebook page, Skeletor's Love, whom has almost 300,000 likes. That can't be right. And what it is, is every day for a long time, like up until this June, um, maybe not every day, but almost every day, up until like this June or this July, um, they would post a motivational quote. And then the accompanying, like, screenshot from one of the He-Man episodes oh that relates to the quote. This is amazing. <laughs> Isn't that great? <laughs> Today I am an uplifting inspiration to others, and it's Skeletor flying with a jetpack while <laughs> He-Man watches. That's great. How good is that? It's so good. Today <laughs> I eliminate I... my rivals by making them my friends. <laughs> yeah, it's just him partying down with some other villain. <laughs> So good. I would love to have my entire like cubicle like wallpapered with these motivational Skeletor quotes. <laughs> <laughs> Today I playfully engage in lighthearted activities, and you see him like sword dueling Shira or or uh, Tila or whatever. That's great. It's pretty cool. Yeah. So thank you for telling us about that, Devin. And yeah, it just sort of emphasizes how much people really love Skeletor. Well, yeah, he's and it... <laughs> he's got a lot of the draw. Yeah, he's the master of his own domain, according to, you know, Beast Man. Yep. So, uh, some other internet love. Yep. Um, I, I, I was just awakened to this by um, my roommate, mm-hmm. Joe, and uh, he showed me that there is a video of, you know that song that's like, yeah, so this is what I wanted to talk about. It's Oh, go right ahead um, then. So it's a viral song. It's based off of... It's a cover of What's Up by Four Non Blondes. Wait, why is... 
why is what's up why is the chorus to what's up what's going on couldn't tell you um <laughs> but they dub like over parts of old he-man episodes with it's an amazing cover because <laughs> it's like really high voice and he's doing random stuff um yeah i have i this it's edited to show his face the maximum amount of allowed time this um is the longest like song on youtube on loop that i've ever listened to <laughs> i listened i was studying for a final and i listened to this for three hours that is incredible because it just puts you right in the zone i'm gonna i'm gonna cut in the song that i uh listen to on loop when i want to get pumped up Yeah, so I I really like the um, the internet love that has been given to this show because it mm-hmm. feels undeserved. Like th- the fact that people love this show so much, or at least think they do, based on their memories, is why I was willing to give it a chance, and I'm glad that I did because there's there's something there. Totally, there's not much, and- but there's something. <laughs> And even if it's only how it reflects on, you know, this generation whom has uh, outpaced this show. Yeah. It's it's still within our... It can still color how we view cartoons these days. So it's... I don't know. It, it's a cool touchstone for us to have mm-hmm. just as, as carton casters. Yeah. I, I, I feel... I don't know. I, you know how memes are basically just an in-joke for anyone who wants to join? I feel oh, like you mean I... the definition of meme. Yeah, yeah, I know that. Well, not everyone does. Um, <laughs> yeah, I like. I feel connected with the He-Man memes much more now. Now that I've seen it, and can yeah. see just how different the fandom is. <laughs> yeah, like I didn't really used to get the by the power of Grayskull thing. Like I knew what it was for, yeah. but I didn't get why it was awesome. And it's awesome because it's the loudest thing he says the whole show, right? And he's just gripping his sword, like, by the blade while he screams it for way too long. I I like... Now I get why it's awesome. I like the internet stuff because I feel like I'm watching other people play with their action figures. (laughs) (laughs) That's kind of nice. Yeah, it's it's neat. You get a glimpse into people's minds and how they viewed these things when they were kids. Is that how you used to... uh, Is that what your thought process was when you'd watch me play video games as a kid? Yeah, absolutely. (laughs) You getting a psychological beat on me? Ben... Every video game character from before, like, 2000 has your voice. Oh, (laughs) I was not aware of that. It's great. Uh, That must be really strange. Yeah. (laughs) To hear, like, Link talking to Goofy, (laughs) both with my voice. Yep. Gorsh. Gorsh? I wanted to make a bigger joke than that, but... It's fine just as Gorsh. <laughs> it's it's fine. You're fine the way you are. <laughs> You're beautiful like you just the way you are, Goofy. You don't have to get that liposuction for me. Anyway. Yep. I think I think, I think we're about yeah, done. Yeah, we're tired. But uh hopefully we will be back on back on point for our next episode. Yes. Which is uh Real Monsters. A uh, Real Monsters. 
a real monsters, a real look into the life of monsters. Yeah, and I've I've started looking and up friends. some stuff on on the history of it, and um, I, I'm excited for this one. I think that we're gonna have a lot of uh, a lot of fun stuff to talk about here. I think so too, and we will not be the only ones. My friend Dan Caves, that's right, he is going to be uh, joining us, and uh, that'll be our first guest. So I'm very excited to hear what he has to bring to our real monsters from the horror perspective. Yeah, sounds really good. Yeah. And then after that, we are returning to uh, the second installment of our bootlegged segment where we uh, look at animated movies. Mm-hmm. And That's right. And we are going to check out Fievel Goes West. Yes. Which is the actually sequel a sequel, yeah, of... Uh, to an American tale. Right. Which was very iconic at the time. And although less iconic, Fievel Goes West is still, you know, a very well-known movie. A lot of people know about it and have seen it. Mm-hmm. And... I'm sure there's a lot of stuff there, so I'm I'm very excited to talk about it. Like at the time when I was doing the editing for our first first bootleg for Treasure Planet, I thought we were as boring as could be. <laughs> I thought it was boring to talk about the plot just as we were going along, but in recollection, I I think that was a pretty good episode. So we're gonna be taking the same approach. We're gonna follow the plot and not so much the themes and the characters, mm-hmm. and we'll see how it goes. And and please send in your comments because uh. I'm really appreciating them. We're starting to get people responding to things, and it's uh, it's really great. So, Did you see that we have a review? I didn't. Someone reviewed us. That's exciting. I'll go check that was, out. I don't remember what her name was. Um, I, I thought it might have been one of your friends, but she was a pretty big fan of the Hamtaro episode. Well, yeah. Which, of course you were. It had <laughs> Boss in it. <laughs> uh. Boss kind of has one of those He-Man grins as well. <laughs> <laughs> that grin. That'll get you anywhere. Well, uh, so, un- until uh, next time, time's by out, the power villain. power of Grayskull, your time's up, villain. <laughs>